You're putting me on really on the spot here. Yes. Tell me a little bit. Who remind me who is your audience? Uh, like Gen Xers looking to uh, put more meaning in their life. Perfect. Right. <laughs> Okay, so remember that thing I just told you about? Whenever you're ready, let's do that thing. Oh, are my you, God. Are you a little nervous? Did I put you on the spot? Take a deep breath, and I apologize for putting putting you on the spot. Okay, there you go. All right. Okay, what there. I need to remember yep. is... Let you me say just, your name. Is, yep, go ahead. Vroom Vroom Veer. That's, that's the name very, of the show, right? I know, I know. That's the name. So, um, hey, this is Misha Rubin from The Career Leap, and I'm here with Jeffrey Smith from... Room Room VR podcast, and we are welcoming you. Is that good? That's perfect. <laughs> okay. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur jeff smith adam vosding thank you so much for being on vroom vroom beer and welcome to the show how's it going man good thank you for having me i'm excited to uh, chat with you today so you are officially the traveling food dude out on the socials. So you're mostly on instagram but other places but talk a little bit about what you're doing right now because it looks pretty awesome <laughs> that's a very good question and i still think five years later after coming up with that quirky little name i still think i'm trying to figure it out but the one thing that i do know is I that like it. i don't necessarily miss my my corporate job so back in 2018 i had a friend of mine um she wanted to do a a course on how to create you know to do a website and all that kind of stuff so right she had reached out to her peers on social media and it caught my interest. So I, I sat down with her for a little bit and she showed me how to set up a website and set up all the social media channels and stuff like that. And she, she was like, you got to pick a name that's descriptive, short and kind of, kind of fun or whatever. Um, so <laughs> through a few different irradiations, we came, it boiled down to traveling food dude. And for any Canadians or Europeans out there that's traveling with just one L, that was one of the things in the back of my mind. I, I didn't want to pick a word that could be spelt differently, um, but it's the American way traveling food, dude. It's kind of quirky. The website was available. Social media handles were available. So um, she planted the seed to uh, kind of just go out and explore. Um, I had been in a, a corporate job for quite a while in commercial real estate and had the uh, the itch to start traveling. So Melissa, shout out to you for planting the seed. Um, <laughs> that was back I, in. <laughs> I think the, I think the name works. I think it's pretty cool. I, I don't know. You could probably add more insight as, as to whether or not it works for you, but <laughs> I like it. Yeah. It's kind of fun. You know, I'm not a, a lot of people think I'm like a, I, at one time, one time I started my um, journey with a little Airstream travel trailer and I had the, the branding logos uh, put on the side of the airstream, so a lot of people thought I was an actual food truck. So they'd come up like <laughs> asking what I was selling. Ah, um, yeah, yeah. So that was a little bit problematic, <laughs> but but it was a good conversation starter. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't have any food, so where? Uh, just just bef as we can, like, uh, I want to sort of express how cool where you are is right now, because <laughs> you are literally doing the traveling food dude as we speak. So just talk about like where you're uh, recording this podcast call from. So I am in the booming town of Partial, Colorado. Um, Partial. Probably a lot of people it. that live in Colorado have never heard of Partial. It's essentially on the west side of Rocky Mountain National Park. Um, I say... It's in between Winter Park and Steamboat. Those are the two big ski resorts. So it's on the north side of I-70. Um, okay. And I'm on a dude ranch, of all things. I didn't even know dude ranches existed. Well, um, you are a dude now. My... You're officially a dude. <laughs> I know. So it's fitting, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's funny. In my childhood, I remember watching the Nickelodeon show, Hey Dude. Um, I had actually just moved from Canada down to Florida. And that was one of the shows that I got into when, uh, when I moved down to the States because we didn't have Nickelodeon. In Canada, 
and and I don't know. So maybe there's this thing of like that was my first exposure to a dude ranch, and then I think after that show, I'd never heard of them again. Um, okay. A few years ago, maybe we'll get into it later. A few years ago, I was didn't want to go back to the corporate world, so I was looking out for uh, an opportunity to keep my travels going, and found a uh, a job um, at nice. a dude ranch. And so this is <laughs> going to be my fourth summer here. Oh, um, wow. so I'm super excited to be here. I was just saying earlier, there's literally horses on the other side. I'm in a little cabin. Right. Um, that they provide for me for the summer. And there's literally, well, they have about a hundred horses here on the ranch. Um, okay. And there's, there's three of them just a few feet from me right now. So it's a pretty <laughs> unique environment. here. <laughs> so, and your job there is you're working in the kitchen as a cook. Yep. So there's three of us, um, that work, provide all the meals. It's basically, I'd say that the dude ranch experience, um, People, I kind of relate it to a cruise. People, the guests arrive on a Sunday and they leave Saturday. Um, okay. So we have week-long stays of 40 to 50 guests, um, kids and adults. And they primarily primarily come here to ride horses. Okay. Um, but there's a lot of other Western activities out here. And then obviously um, eating is very important to them too. So we, it's all-inclusive <laughs> um, kind of stay. So all their meals are provided. So we provide breakfast, lunch, and dinner and snacks throughout the day. So it's a fun little operation. There's three of us um, back there in the kitchen, and we all kind of have a little bit of different background as far as culinary ideas and stuff like that. Um, wow. We have a, a very good flexibility and freedom to to be creative and try different things. So it's a pretty unique um, experience. We actually we're in preseason right now. And we just finished, so we're doing staff meals. Um, everybody that works here gets free meals. Um, so nice. in addition to feeding the guests, we do um, staff meals, and they pretty much eat, eat what the guests eat. But preseason, we just finished a staff breakfast. Right. And uh, but after this interview, I'll go back in, and, and we'll do lunch. And then I'll go back in and get a little break, and then we'll go back in and, and do dinner. Okay. So you're kind of working out the menu? for the, yep, the season yep, exactly trying yeah, yeah. ideas uh, there's some staples that people expect and like and then each year we try to incorporate some new things too to, to keep it a little different yeah i would imagine breakfast is pretty pretty standard right <laughs> yes and we, we typically try to offer you know it's the standard pancakes bacon eggs french toast yeah oatmeal, sure. yeah 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 fruit um and then we That's try to incorporate because, you know like one, yeah. yeah yeah they got a the, the guests you know they got a, a busy day ahead of them so we definitely need to get them started off on the right foot yeah you know but i like i just got up early to do this podcast you know it takes my brain at least two hours to boot up (laughs) 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 so you know my creative juices take at least two hours to start flowing so yeah like i would imagine things get more creative for lunch and dinner (laughs) okay so this is room room beer so that means that we have to go back in time and talk about you before you became traveling food dude, <laughs> which I just love saying. <laughs> and it sounds like you're having a blast and have a great summer job there. So, uh, so where did you grow up? You grew up in uh, in Canada, you said. So yeah, I was born in London, Ontario, Canada, which is essentially between Detroit, Michigan, and Toronto, Ontario. Two okay. hours either way. Um, for the sports people out there, I was a Red Wings fan growing up for <laughs> hockey and Blue, Blue Jays fan growing up for baseball. Okay. Um, Divided loyalties. That, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Then, we did my, that, too. Um, so I get it. Yeah, Vegas is getting a lot of Well, I grew, up, I grew up in Michigan, um, but we were right on the Michigan-Wisconsin border. So, like, my dad liked most of the Wisconsin teams. So everybody where I grew up in Michigan, we were Green Bay Packer fans. Nobody got into hockey. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just all too far away. Um, mm-hmm. But my dad liked Detroit for baseball and Milwaukee for basketball. So it's like you never really know. Like It's funny when you get into the, how many teams there are in that close proximity up in that part of the country. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you root for a team just because your friend roots. Because I think most of my friends were Maple Leafs fans growing up. So right, right. So like I need to root for the Red Wings and be different a little bit. <laughs> just to there go you go. The green. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. Um, so I, I interrupted. Back in, yeah, you were talking about growing up and you divided loyalties. Go ahead. 
but my loyalties changed again. Um, in middle school, my seventh grade, it's funny you say seventh grade in the States and grade seven in Canada. So it's either grade seven or seventh grade. I moved down to Florida. My parents won a green card lottery oh, wow. drawing per se. Yeah. So that was our, our entryway to uh, moving down to the States. Um, I got my citizenship shortly thereafter or a few years after. Oh, good for so you. Now I'm a dual citizen. But moved down basically between Sarasota and Tampa. Um, nice spot. When I got into high school, basically just a year later, I was I was 14, and my parents had the uh, the idea in their mind that I neither either needed to start cutting the lawn all the time or go get a job. Uh-huh. And I knew they weren't going to pay me to cut the lawn, so I <laughs> literally walked down to uh, the grocery store down the down the road because I had caught wind that back in the time you could start working there when you were fourteen. Yep. Um, yep. So my freshman year of high school, I started working for a pretty Publix, which is a pretty big grocery store chain in the southeast. Yep. Started with them when I was fourteen. Wow, um, fourteen. Yeah, so I did four years with them in high school and then transferred up to a Publix in Gainesville uh, where I went to university at University of Florida. Um, Got a degree in economics and education from the University of Florida. Uh, During my college days, I don't know how I graduated because I feel like I never actually went to class, but I did get my degree. (laughs) Um, But I had three, three jobs and then I managed to pretty much go to all the football games and some social events on the weekends. So, wow. Uh, okay. Worked at Publix and then I worked at a barbecue restaurant and an oyster bar of all things in Gainesville. Yeah. Uh, back in the, great the, in late, yeah, the yeah. late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. 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 Fun time. Um, and then I, after graduating, I got into the corporate um, Publix environment and then eventually got into their real estate department where I started traveling through the Southeast and was partially responsible for scouting locations for new stores. Uh, that was great for me because I got to expense my lunches and I was traveling <laughs> through Alabama and Georgia and South Carolina and got to eat a lot of great barbecue. Oh, that, that, that whole part of the country is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, there was some really cool. Um, a lot of that, you know, I never would have been to Birmingham or Montgomery or yeah, yeah, Alabama Mobile. Or, yeah, 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 or LA as they call it, Lower Alabama, Lower Alabama. Yeah, yeah. So we can talk um, about that later because I, I was right. stationed in uh, Panama City, Florida, for okay. like four years in the Air Force. So nice. yeah, we were going everywhere, mostly like Atlanta. We were going to uh, New Orleans a lot. Um, Mobile. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the birthplace of Mardi Gras. There you go. Don't go on that Mardi is. Gras. That's what I, that was my thing was like the first thing I said was like, we're going to New Orleans. Should we go to Mardi Gras? And everybody went, no. <laughs> Every other weekend is better than Mardi Gras. Was <laughs> yeah. The chaos of Mardi Gras. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry, I interrupted again. It's a fun. It's a fun part of the states. Um, it is. You know, I get to experience a lot of driving. Though, st- my goodness. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. I would definitely, which, which is not a bad thing, because I actually like driving. So it was a nice way for. I just wish they had podcasts back then, because then I, that's all I listen to nowadays are podcasts. Yeah. Um, but back in the day, it was radio, and then if you didn't get a station, it was nothing. So right, <laughs> your CD player. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, I can tell a good story about that. I, you know, I just quit my job recently. Like, so the end of, uh, I think the 27th of April was my last day of my, hopefully my last job ever. We'll right see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so far, so good. Uh, I'm not, I'm not precluding the fact that I might get a board or B run out of money, but <laughs> the, the beer, that's where the beer comes in, right? Yeah. Oh, I was going to say that. Like, uh, um, when I, I was really dragging my heels. So this is a story I haven't told on the show yet. So you're, you're my guinea pig. So really? like, yeah, yeah. I got roped into flying out for my job last November. So that would have been November 22. I had to go to Cincinnati from um, Las Vegas in November, which, you know, why would you want to do that? <laughs> But I had to go anyway. And while I was there, I told my boss that I was going to quit. Right. I was like, I got enough money now. I'm going to quit. And he said, okay, well, you know, too bad. Uh, We're going to be sorry to have you go, but okay, I get it. No problem. So then I drug my heels until like March, I think someday in March, 
I finally got up the courage and I emailed them and I said, I am going to terminate my employment on this date, right? And he emailed me back immediately and said, I'm calling you in five minutes. <laughs> and then we negotiated and I ended up staying on half time long enough for them to hire a new person. And then we actually, I actually worked with her for like two to two weeks before I ended up quitting. So anyway, that, that's that, nice. I feel like that's very important is not burning any bridges. On, I never burn like, bridges. Never. Yeah. Ever. No, no, Just it was never, sure. especially when I have absolutely nothing to do, but go home and screw around. <laughs> It's like, yeah. you know, I, I never knew, works for, yeah, I knew I had to do it. It was just like it, you know, I, yeah. I wasn't in a like super hurry. Off. And, yeah. it, when I actually did it, right. When I actually sent that first email, it was like waking up from a dream. Mm-hmm. My brain literally tingled. I was like, oh, hey, I just leveled up. <laughs> <laughs> You hit that send button. I hit that send button and 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 there was like, like literally like brain chemistry tingles in my head. I was like, wow, that just happened. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So you could probably tell that story when you quit your job too. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, yeah. So that whole region of the country is amazing. So, um, and then I just, so I basically worked for Publix for 22 years, and then I got into some other commercial real estate work. Um, I found myself more on the property management side of things, and that's where I realized that. Wow, you God got really pro- far away from working in a grocery store. It, yeah, I went, from, <laughs> I went from the tenant side of the uh, the relationship to the landlord side of the relationship, and uh, property management is sounds fun but it's when you're on call 24 7 and there's so many things out of your control yeah it's a little chaotic um and then that was 2018 and that was when my friend melissa put that post out there and that's when podcasts and some youtube channels you know all these things in the back of my head that were like these there's some people out there doing some really cool things Mm. and there's always that like why not me mentality of you know i can Probably for two or three years, I was following different people. And it's, you have this idea in the back of your head of like, hey, this could be me. But it's like you were just talking about, you actually, you have to make the decision to to make it happen. So I, I pretty much just, you know, I was like not getting any younger. I was still single, didn't have any kids. And, and I was making a list of reasons why I shouldn't just go travel for six months. So right. I budgeted for six months. Um Got an Airstream trailer, which looking back at it, now I have a, a little camper van. I wish I would have got the camper van first just for my style of travel. The, the van right. is so much more easier and less – gives you more freedom for what I'm doing. Right. Um, but I did do the Airstream for a little while and uh, got to the point to where my six to eight months of budgeted travel um, was coming to an end. And then that, that my – friend had suggested that I look at employment up in Alaska because there are like a lot of people hire seasonally um, in Alaska. And I had a buddy that just moved to Anchorage. So I had a place up there to live. And so I started reaching out to some different folks out there and caught wind of a website called coolworks.com, okay. which is a great website. Um, they post, it's not spammy at all. It's very like user-friendly as far as like somebody looking for a job. And, uh, and then I realized that not only is there a ton of jobs in Alaska, there's a ton of jobs in Montana, California, Colorado, like all over the United States. Oh, wow. Okay. And Alaska was a little bit of a stretch to go up there. Yeah, it's a long time, drive. Sister, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't sure I wanted to go that far. My sister was living in Colorado. And uh, I was like, well, that'd be cool to be a couple hours away from my sister and her family and, and found the opportunity here at this dude ranch. And uh, I did that for for two summers, and now I'm back for uh, this year. I did last summer. I took a little break and went up to Washington State and worked on the in the San Juan Islands for an outdoor excursion company, wow. which was which was really cool. Yeah, that sounds fun. So beautiful areas. As yeah. much as I like Florida, uh, the, the the summers in Florida are just way too hot and humid for me. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Now now time, <laughs> like I pretty much like Florida for December, January, February. Right. Other than that, it's too hot for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so get to go out and get to call Colorado and Washington state home for the summer months has been pretty fantastic. That's amazing. Yeah. Good for you. Congratulations on all of that. <laughs> and now I get, yeah, it's been fun. You know, you find these little jobs and they, they pay pretty well. I get to have met some great friends along the way. Right. Um, 
it's not like a super long commitment. You can do it for a few months. If you like it, you can come back um, kind right. of thing, but you still got the flexibility of going out and doing something different you right. know, after a short period of time too. So how much now, how much time are you spending on the road? Are you still traveling a, a, a quite a bit or are you so just like parking and working, week, parking and working? <laughs> yeah, I'll be stationary. Um, this past winter I had a remote, like a corporate remote job. Um, That's and good. Uh, so I was started that when I was in Washington state and I actually had the ability to drive to Florida and then I went to Canada and oh, then wow. back down to like Key West and Florida and then back up to Canada. So I was kind of driving. traveled around. <laughs> easy. Yeah, it was a lot of driving, but it was fun. Um, so I did a lot of Florida and the East Coast and then part of Ontario. Um, so I've been on the road quite a bit. And yeah, I feel like I was driving too fast. And, you know, it's a lot, a lot of driving. Um, so now I'm looking forward to these few months where I'm just stationary for a little bit. So I like I like the mix, you know, after a few months, I know I'm going to have the itch to, to get on the road again and, yeah. and start driving. But so I think I a, told you my wife and I, we have been dreaming about this, right? So we both love to travel, right? But we travel like we have jobs, right? So I think what you're doing is way different. And there's a couple of different ways you can think about it. And I'm trying to convince my wife that what I want to do is what some bloggers that I've been reading, they call it just like slow travel. It's like, yeah. go find some place you really dig and then yep. l live there <laughs> yep. as cheap as you can and, and really get into it. You know, get into the people, you know, make friends, get totally. into the community and, and most importantly, find that really good food. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. I'm glad you said that too, because my um, my mother still kind of questions what I'm doing right now. <laughs> no, um, I get it, but yeah. I I, I got to blame her partially because she retired about 2018, 2019. Um, mm. And and one of the, I was like asking her, I was like, what are you what are you gonna do after you retire? And she had mentioned that it would be cool to live in a different state for six months or a year or something like that. And then just move to a new place and, and yeah, and do that, like that slow travel you were just talking about. So, so that was in the back of my head too. And with cool works and there's another program I'm, uh, trusted house sitters is a subscription Oh, neat! Okay. that I, that I pay for. It's like a hundred and something dollars a year. Um, but basically people that have pets, um, and don't want to board their pets will offer their home for you to stay at in exchange for you taking a, taking care of their pets or something like that or plants or it could be anything, um, right. but typically it's dogs or cats. And Have I you actually, done that yet? yeah, so okay. I've done it quite a bit too. Oh, nice. Um, and it's been great. That's awesome. And I have a dog. So even That's, a little bit that more works. Yeah, me. I guess I, I need, they have the, to get along, host. I suppose. Yeah. Um, but I've had some great experiences out there. There was a, a house just outside of Sacramento, California, where I was there Ooh, for nice. almost two months. Um, so that was a great way for me to experience California. And I wasn't, you know, I didn't have a lease or it was a free place for me to stay. It was a beautiful awesome. area. Yeah. Um, so that's another cool, you know, cool my, works and I, trusted house sitters. My wife great. and I, we lived in California for probably like 13, 14 years. And don't get me wrong. California is great, but I just don't want my tax house there. If that makes any kind of sense. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like having taxes from two countries. <laughs> it's yeah, the, crazy. And I know the gas gas is the gosh. Gas is well, gas is super high it. there too. Yeah. yeah it's I like a dollar more it. than every other place. Well, more than a dollar if you're on the East Coast or the Midwest. But it, yeah. It was when it was spiked and yeah, it was close to it was like seven dollars or something. It's crazy. There, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean it, it's it's almost as bad in Vegas, but it's it's I think the um the sin tax or gas tax is less in Vegas. So like if it's $7 in the, the highest price, then we're like five and then four, right? There's always a variance if you shop around. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I will say, okay, California is beautiful. They have the mountains on one side yeah. and the ocean on the oh, other. Yeah. Oh, Great yeah. weather. Yeah. You can't Great. beat California except like weather wise. It's, you know, it's awesome. And it's I'm like, a sucker for In-N-Out Burger, too. So, so my In-N-Out <laughs> in fix while I'm out there. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you know, I, I, um, I had some a whole bunch of ants, um, like my uh, Aunt Cookie, um, and then Aunt Barb, and then Cousin Kelly, 
cousin uh, Debbie and cousin Sue. They all came out, I think, in 2014 and stayed in my house all at once <laughs> while we were living in California in a tiny little place. And we had to take them to In-N-Out Burger. And they were unimpressed. And uh, they didn't really like it that much. But I know why. So, like, getting in and out of In-N-Out Burger is really difficult in California. You know, just getting out fast, right? Mm -hmm. You have to, like, do the drive-through and then immediately go home. And then it's great because it's still hot, right? You can't eat it there because there's no space in (laughs) the dining room, right? And then uh, that's why they call it In-N-Out. You're supposed to leave. (laughs) And there were so many of us, by the time we got it home, it was all cold, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it kind of soured the experience for them. But so if you're going to have in and out, get monster style, double, double, right? Uh, that's the, the secret menu monster style. Have you ever had that? Any, one? Animal style. Yeah. Animal style. Animal style. <laughs> and the secret on top of that is you can get the, the little chilies they have if you ask for chopped chilies. So I, yeah, I do the yes. double, double animal style with chilies and then they chop up the little chilies oh, on your burger. I never tins. got the chilies. Yeah. Ah, uh, see, <laughs> I needed the traveling food, dude. <laughs> okay. That one, it's just enough heat to get to make it a little tastier. To be honest with you, though, that uh, In-N-Out burger was not my favorite burger in my California neighborhood. It was good. I mean, I, I went I, through yeah. my animal style phase, <laughs> but I had this little place. I can't even remember what it was called, but there was like this mom and pop place that I could literally walk to from my house. I think it was called Monk's. And their double cheeseburger with bacon and fries, oh, my God. (laughs) I'm writing this down. I'm a (laughs) monker. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a Monk's on every corner in L.A., so it doesn't really matter where you go. That was just mine. You know, they're all really good. They're they're just, yeah, like the greasy spoon mom and pop. Yeah. Yummy. Oh, so good. Okay, so let's uh, let's talk about some of the crazier places that you've uh, you visited because I know we've both traveled. Um, I I was in the Air Force twenty years, so I've been to a lot of places that you've been. Like I've been to Mobile, Alabama, <laughs> I, I, all over that that region is just great. Like Atlanta, New Orleans, uh, Lower Alabama, like all great. But like, talk a little bit about like. Uh, like some of your favorite places to eat, like that area. I guess another, it touches on this a little bit too. Another subscription I have is Harvest Hosts. Um, I think a okay. lot of RVers know of it now. They're, they're starting to become pretty big, but I've had a subscription to them for a while. And again, it's like a hundred bucks a year or something like that. But basically, <laughs> uh, if you have a self-contained RV, um, it started out with like, breweries and and farms that had some kind of business to them they would offer a place for you to park your rv overnight and you're expected to spend like 20 bucks or something at that business just to support them so it's like a oh that's pretty mutual yeah 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 so um so i've done some harvest host days that have been pretty interesting and there now nowadays there's so many different types of places that offer um you know, availability if you just spend the night and in Texas, I spent a night at a cavern. Um, so it was like these caverns you can go down into and it was really cool. And then, and then like a few nights later, I was outside of El Paso, Texas, um, literally pretty much across the street from the border of Mexico. Yeah. And it was like this Mexican dairy farm. Um, and they made fresh (laughs) cheese right on site there. Oh my God. So I woke up, that was funny because the night I got there, your so chickens many, like waking was, you up yeah literally yeah there was the farm animals there too yeah that's and, great. um you could see it was pre- it was pretty interesting just seeing the it was a mix of locals and then actually like some chefs from restaurants would come in and, and buy all this cheese and then i woke up the next morning and they invited me in and they were just working on this like warm batch of almost like a it's a mexican cheese but like a mozzarella okay fresh out of this nice. warm water oh wow and uh they gave me a sample of it. It was like the best cheese I've ever had. I think part I of bet. it was just the whole, you know, environment too. Yeah, yeah. Up being there, um, I've done a harvest host stay in Utah, like at an old Air Force base. Oh wow! Um, Where in Utah? Which is really cool. You remember? Uh, right outside of the, the, the um, 
it's like west of Salt Lake City. I'm trying okay. to think that big salt flats area there. Okay. Um, I so think it's actually as close as I've been to Salt Lake City is Provo. So we did okay. we stopped at Provo. We didn't keep going. <laughs> right on. Yeah, just yeah. west of there. Then so okay. Old, um, I think Alona Gay, the the airplane that has. Oh yeah, the, yeah. Yep. That was kind of what they're, they're known for out there. And then there was a movie that was filmed out there too. So that was kind of interesting. I'm, I'm literally sitting like sleeping in my van and I'm watching, I forget what the movie is, but the airplane that's in the movie was parked right outside of like my van. So it's always kind of cool. I was in Fargo, North Dakota one time. Okay. And I had to watch the movie Fargo. <laughs> uh, just, I was just spent a night in Philadelphia. So I had to watch like Rocky. So I'm not right. a big movie guy, but if I'm in a city, it's always fun just to watch a movie. Um, yeah. That's there. I just actually a weird spot. So I just did a trip up the East Coast and I spent eight nights in New York City sleeping out of my van and didn't didn't have a hotel room. Uh, for that's a single great. Night. Uh, that's and it was great. actually. How was hard was super, that? Was it tricky? It or? was not hard at all. To be honest okay. With you. Okay. Um, so is your van, van pretty stealthy as far as vans go? Or it is. Okay. Yeah. And there's it's funny. You get out to New York City. There's so many like pro. I have a 2021 Pro Master high roof van um okay and there's so many like delivery trucks out there that are brand pro masters too yeah, yeah, yeah. so i feel like they're blending pretty good and there's so much free street parking you just have to watch out for uh street sweeping hours right but other than that there's a lot of free parking on, right on the streets of new york um like near central park and then i was in the west Vill- or east village i guess um i was i mcsorley's pub was a pub that i'd go to a few times in new york and then i realized i was little like i was parked like two blocks from mcsorley's in this kind of like vibrant little eclectic area that's awesome which is super cool <laughs> yeah and there's planet <laughs> fitnesses in, in new york city yep. and i yep. have a yep. membership so yep. I do that you get the black card shower yeah yeah, yeah right so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, see so my 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 head has all. been in this this van life kind of bucket for a while too so I, I, yeah, the planet, planet fitness black card thing is, uh, yeah. yeah, for people that don't know, it's like this, it's a way to have a shower wherever you go in the U S basically. Yeah. And yeah. I haven't, even if you don't work out, <laughs> I know it's funny. I was, I was thinking about the other day cause I normally just wear my flip flops in there and I'm like, who, I was like, that's probably a giveaway. Cause I don't think a lot of people work out in their flip flops, <laughs> um, <laughs> but they don't care. But it, wor- it works. <laughs> they don't and care. I feel like, you know, um, yeah, it's worked pretty good, and I, I actually used it once in Canada too. I didn't know if it was going to work up there, but it did. Um, oh, okay, so that's good to know. Facilities. I was yeah, just yeah. outside of Toronto, seeing some family, um, but I did a, f- a few nights in Toronto. My, I'm a Tampa Bay Rays and a Blue Jays fan, and so they played each other earlier this season. Right. And I paid for it was thirty bucks a day um, for parking a couple streets away from the Rogers Center out there, so I had a a place to stay um, right in downtown Toronto for a few days. And I got oh, wow. to go to the, the, the St. Lawrence market, which is one of my favorite foodie destinations in the, the entire world. Um, I love the St. Lawrence market in Toronto and yeah, New York city was a great, you know, it's funny just walking around and then you I can, can go back some, in the van. Uh, so what's your favorite food say like in New York city that you got when you were hanging out? Uh, it's so, so many good things to eat. I know. I know there is. I got a long list, but but I would say the one thing that if I went to New York and didn't get, I'd be pretty upset about it. And I'm not a big bagel person, but there's a bakery in Brooklyn called Peter Pan. Okay. And they're known for donuts and, and bagels, I guess. But they have something they call a flagel. So okay. it's like a flat bagel. Okay. Um, and they do a house-made house, like chive cream cheese. So Ooh. these these bagels are... To me, the outside's the best part. So it's like less doughy. Okay. And you get more surface area, more room for cream cheese. Um, <laughs> but these flagels they have at Peter Pan Bakery in Brooklyn are probably my number one go-to. And then I always like going to a steakhouse. I've been to Peter Luger, um, mm. an old homestead. I'll try to do like one fancy steakhouse dinner in New York. Okay. Get that, that classic experience. Try different pizza places. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. The Jewish delis. What, so what's your favorite pizza? If you were going to pick a favorite uh, nationwide, I, do you have one or do you just enjoy whatever pizza is there? Food, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chicago is different. There is a there is a pizza place in Chicago called Pequod's Pizza. And it's my favorite Chicago because they have like okay. a caramelized crust on it. So it's Ooh, wow. I'm not a big Chicago fan, but I do love Pequod's Pizza. <laughs> I would say just a classic pepperoni New York slice is, is always good. Okay. Um, Detroit 
Detroit style nowadays. Is, Detroit is, style. So describe Detroit yeah. style because somebody from Detroit tried to describe Detroit style pizza to me. And I, so it's funny. We're actually for lunch today at the ranch. We I bought some Detroit style pizza pans. For oh wow! Our, uh, one of one of the days we do like a snack kind of lunch in the afternoon. Okay. Um. So we'll be we're gonna test that out today with with the staff. So we have these Detroit style pizza pans. Um. Which is another, not to get off on a tangent, a quirky thing Please. I did is I got invited to the International Pizza Expo in Los Angeles or Las Vegas a few years ago. Okay. Some of the best pizza I've ever had in my life. Like, I it bet. was amazing. It was oh, this huge now I, expo. Now I want to go. <laughs> yeah. That means I can get pizza, pizza from like do. everywhere and it's in Vegas. That would be awesome. Yeah. They that. have all the like pizza oven companies are out there, the flour companies, cheese mm. companies, um, a lot of Italian companies and chefs and stuff out there. It's like you uh, want to have five stomachs. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> they actually, it was interesting. The day I was there, CBS Sunday morning was out there filming. Um, they did a, a story on the Pizza Expo. And you can see me like behind the scenes in a couple of their clips. <laughs> One funny. of the things they do out there, too, is a pizza dough throwing competition. Okay. Oh, so that sounds they actually fun. have like a competition that's pretty like this freestyle pizza dough tossing competition. But that's where I really got the behind the scenes on the Detroit style pizza. Um, right. Okay. And bought the pans to use here at the ranch. It's all about the caramelized, crispy, cheesy crust to me. You know, oh, the dough okay. could be super airy and light. and But you get that crispy, cheesy crust. So it's like caramelized cheese on the bottom yeah. and the edges. It huh? almost looks burnt. Yeah. but Okay. No, I get it. So like char. where where I grew up in Michigan and Wisconsin, they have this style of pizza that is called tavern style, mm-hmm. and it's like like if you I, I've got a uh, my cousin Kelly, her husband John grew up, I want to say in Pennsylvania. He does not like the pizza in our area, right? We go, oh, you got to try our pizza. It's the best, right? So pizza is super regional, right? And it you, you kind of just like your pizza style yeah. until you start having everybody's. And then you're like, oh, yeah. they're all awesome, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It, it's funny how something so simple can be so different too. There's there's something in like yeah. St. Louis, I think too, that they use a certain kind of cheese out there. I think it's almost like a processed cheese or something. Yeah. So there's like a St. Louis style pizza and all this. Yeah. Uh, when it's I was a kid, uh, another a friend's family took me to this pizza place and I didn't, I don't even remember where the hell I was. Right. But it was the weirdest pizza I ever had in my life. It was really good, but like it just sort of opened my mind to the idea that pizza can be, it's whatever mm-hmm. the person making it yeah. says it is. <laughs> It's like, yeah. It was super airy, super, super thin. And the pieces were like postage stamps. They were like one inch, like one bite. I know. I was just like, now I have no idea where that that is. I'm going to have to go ask them. (laughs) What the hell was that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was neat. So, anyway. Another, another, um, I'm thinking back to like when I first started my journey, I was invited to the, uh, Albuquerque International Hot Air Balloon Fiesta. That was always oh, right. a bucket list out of my mind. And uh, I got to go up in a hot air balloon um, with a, a, a family and some friends that were based out of Belgium. Oh, wow. Uh, the prin- Princess Nelly was the name of the hot air balloon. It's a big pink elephant balloon. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, That's great. And I get to, as I'm traveling around, yeah, just like one of the one of the very cool parts or experiences that I'm getting is to meet these people that have these passions. Um, cause I never really knew what my passion in life was. And that was, that was part of me deciding to go out and do this whole traveling is just to be exposed to some different, different things that I never would have before. I get it. Um, but shout out to the princess Nelly group out of Belgium. Um, you know, they're, they take this hot air balloon all around the world. Wow. And, uh, it's pretty, pretty, it's a lot of work, you know, it's, it's a lot of effort. To transport, <laughs> transport the balloon, set it up, like, the logistics, put a pack it back in, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, but I had a great time out there, and I got to one of my favorite things in New Mexico is like green chili. Um, oh yeah, green or red? Like, that's what they always yeah, ask you. yeah, green it's or like, red? Or you could do Christmas, yeah, a little, <laughs> bit, little bit of both. Um, right. 
I don't know what made me think of New Mexico, but uh, yeah, as we were just talking about pizza, I guess I was thinking about green chilies and, uh, you know, one of my, and even here in Colorado, green chilies are pretty, you see it a lot more in New Mexico and Colorado than, than anywhere else, like a hatch green chili. And, and I love anything with that on it. So mm. that's a really cool regional thing. I feel like. Yeah. I, I, I had a buddy who lived in, uh, Albuquerque and I think that was like the first thing he said to me when I when I showed up and he was going to take me out to eat. He's like, red or green? And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's a they very a Southwest thing now. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it now. Yeah, but it was, yeah. It, There's a variation of their license plate that has a red and a green chili pepper on it. Which uh, so I think is one of yeah, the coolest yeah. license plates out there. So I'm definitely Christmas because I like both. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> That's the both worlds. Well, you know, I'm I'm one of these people that like um, my when I was a kid, and people would say, "What's your favorite whatever?" I didn't know. I said, "I don't know. They're all good," you know. <laughs> right? And yeah. it seemed like everybody wanted me to have a favorite everything, right? Yeah. So I just started making up favorites to fit in. Um, there you go. So I stopped now. I just say I, I like. When somebody yeah. says to me, like, do you want this, this, or that? I would say, I would say yes. <laughs> and I, I get asked a lot too, like, what is, what's, what's your favorite best? X? Yes. Or, or, yeah. I hate the word best for whatever reason. I feel like I don't, I don't, I hate to categorize something as the best where I feel like there's a lot of good stuff out there. It just depends totally. on your mood and, and yeah, yeah. where you are and, and that kind of stuff. I feel like, the best question to ask me is like, would you get it again? And yes. What do you, yes. When you go back to New York, what do you have to have? Or, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And there's definitely things out there that I wouldn't get again kind of thing. But like there was yeah, a, yeah. A, a place in uh, uh, New Orleans. I think it was on not Bourbon Street. What's the what's the street that runs parallel, not parallel, perpendicular to Bourbon Street? With the sh- the horse thing, uh, where they've it's like a big boulevard with trees, and I can't remember what it was called. But anyway, that's where we always stayed on that street. So it was like probably like three blocks away from Bourbon Street. Um, there was a, a Cajun restaurant, and my wife and I just fell in love with this. The first time we went there, we got the Cajun combo, and it had everything Cajun. Right, it had the blackened catfish. It had like fried catfish. It had mm-hmm. gumbo. It had <laughs> just like everything. That could, yeah, everything you want, right? All on one plate. <laughs> I know. <laughs> There's and, so much. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, and then you have to go get the bidet, right? You got to go to the, and then you got to get that particular coffee at that particular cafe, yeah. right? Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's, and then even stops. like Louisiana, Louisiana is known for like truck, truck stop food in the sense that, they they do the boudin balls and cracklins and like yes. if you go to any kind of like rest area or gas station off the interstate in Louisiana like and check out their hot section. Oh, There's wow. so much like yeah fried Cajun like crawfish pies and all this kind of stuff <laughs> that you can get at like gas stations in Louisiana. Right. It's like a whole subculture right. of its own. Yeah yeah yeah. And you there. learn what suck the heads means. It's yeah. it's not even yeah. about porn at all. <laughs> <laughs> I was out there for Easter one year and just drove on the outskirts of town and, and I went randomly ended up at this park and there was all these families that set up and they were all doing some kind of crawfish boil yeah. for Easter Sunday out at this park. And it was just a, a really cool experience too. I had a, a, a buddy that uh, when I, I was in, again, I told you I was at uh, uh, Panama City at Tyndall Air Force Base mm-hmm. and there was this guy and, you know, didn't have much of a job. He's getting kind of like close to retiring, you know? Um, and, but when it came time for us to do like the shop barbecue, he was the guy, right? Oh my goodness. This guy. Oh, <laughs> I don't know where he was from. I don't even remember his name, but this guy, he could just take a bag of charcoal, right? Ordinary stuff. And then it was like magic when you were done. That's I, awesome. Yeah. It was like the meat. Just through the roof, you know, everything that he made. I think it was some sort of pork. I don't think it was ribs. It might have been like pork steak or pork loin. That was just amazing, you know, barbecue. But this thing that I just really remember was this thing that was like, uh, 
I can't remember what he called it, but it kind of had like sort of like that Cajun sausage, watercress, mm-hmm. and then like ah, it was just this amazing combination <laughs> of just good. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, I love those that. are the best, the best things too. I was um, driving from LA to San Jose a few years ago, and I just a beautiful. You know, That's a long drive. To, okay, Pacific Coast. Yeah, it was a couple <laughs> yeah. days we did it in. All right, and um, Rincon Point was an area. It just happened to be like there was a. I was like, not too far out of LA on the north, and um, as I'm driving north, I was like, I need to just pull over randomly at one of these exits and take in the view. Um, yeah. So I, I pulled oh, yeah. over and it ended up being Rincon Point, which is known for, which I learned to find out is a very popular surfer destination. Um, okay. Like a lot of hardcore surfers will surf there. So me and my dog are walking down this little path to get to the beach. And you're, you're talking about charcoal. Remind me of this story because I could smell this like charcoal burning. I'm like, what is going on down here? So I get down there. Yeah, yeah. And there's a little tiki hut tucked away in the corner of the beach. Oh, wow. And it's not very touristy there at all. Um, and, I, and I'm like just literally following my nose. And there's a little sign that said barbecue surfers. And it's this group. And they were just in their bathing suits, like tops off and everything. All sure. sunburnt and <laughs> drinking of Corona. And, um and they were grilling out. Now, so those are like, dudes. I, yeah. And there's a little group called the Barbecue Surfers. And they just go down there and they barbecue and they surf. And they're like. <laughs> I love it. And I actually, that sounds awesome. Yeah. And I, I exchanged numbers with the guy. And the, the next time I drove by, um, you know, I, re- I reached out to him. And he was like, yeah, come by. So, so they invited. So I've been there like twice to hang out with him for a couple hours now. Um, super cool experience, though. How was the food? Great. Yeah. And they were making some, in your time, like it, it wasn't even like, it was just that, nothing whatever fancy. they had in the fridge. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And they, and There's something like about cooking outside. Yeah. Cooking outside. Yeah. You know, when I grew up in Michigan, um, we would have nothing special food when we were camping with my family. You know, just chicken yeah. on the grill, you know. <laughs> yeah. But it was amazing, right? Yeah. There's something about cooking and eating and outside. That makes everything better. I think your totally. brain's already happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. But uh, I was going to say uh, one more travel experience because we're getting close to wrapping up here. So the we're, I know we're rambling, but I'm having a blast. So you should come back. <laughs> <Getting> <laughs> I am getting hungry. <laughs> I already ate. But this. Uh, um, so when I was stationed in Japan, right, uh, and my wife is from Japan, so... Uh, let's say shortcut this a little bit. Um, we needed to get out of town because of the air show, right? And then we had this one requirement where we had to get up early, early, early on Saturday and do this thing. And then we headed out of town, right? We just packed up the car and the tent and all the camping gear. And I'm trusting that my wife is being Japanese. She can figure that out, <laughs> right? <laughs> on the way. So she had maps and tour guide books. And, but we got a later start than we wanted to. So by the time we got to where we were looking for the campground, it was already dark. Um, so we, uh, we find this place, we set up camp and it's like in a valley. So at the bottom of a mountain, mm-hmm. right? Didn't even know that it was dark, right? <laughs> so <laughs> we set up the camp and all night we're in this, like, this is the first time I ever slept in a tent in the middle of a windstorm at the bottom of a, a mountain. So that's in a Japan. challenge <laughs> yeah. in Japan. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, not a very good night of sleep because I thought I, I kept getting up and restaking the tent thinking it was going to blow away. But when we woke up, the point of the story, when we woke up, we both smelled this amazing smell that was a mix of Japanese charcoal and something we couldn't identify. And it turns out that we had camped and there was a big bike race going on coming down the mountain. Right. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and they were cooking, uh, clams and oysters on the, on the grill. And we had clams and oysters on the grill and it was amazing. (laughs) Breakfast. (laughs) Well, I, it was, by the time we got up there, I think it was probably closer to lunch, but yeah, (laughs) yeah, still. Those are great experiences though. Uh, Yeah. Right. Yes. That spontaneous. Yes. That spontaneous. Let's just get out of here. Yeah. And waking up and not knowing that it was going to happen. Right. Like trying to figure out what was happening. What makes life cool. Yes. Those sun. Yeah. And that's what you kind of designed your work 
life now around that, uh, you know, sort of like you made it so that that can happen on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank so you congratulations so on like, that. What, right? a, what a time to be alive. I know somebody else would always say that, like, what a time to be alive. Like, so true. You know, I don't think I would have done this 10, 15 years ago, but nowadays to be connected and have the, yeah. And you've got, around and you've got Starlink. Around, yeah. So thanks yeah, Starlink. That's, right. That's a, <laughs> thank you, Starlink. For it, it'll get cheaper. It will get cheaper. Today. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, and you could lower your price instead of jack it up. <laughs> right. Yes. But it, will get cheaper. I, I, everything, it starts expensive. And, you know, so all things that are cheap are subsidized by rich people. So theoretically, no, I was saying earlier that <laughs> the nice part is like, yeah, I just had it on pause for four, four or five months, or right, whatever. Right, right. But, but now that I'm in the middle of nowhere, it's time to turn it back on again. So, so how can people best get in touch with traveling food dude, Adam Vosding? Yeah. The, and one of my things is like, you know, much as I'm out here traveling, I like to consider this whole thing like our journey and like everybody that is right. following along. You love Holland, to get ideas Holland from them. The pup, right? <laughs> yeah, and my dog Holland. So we each have our own social uh, media. Mine is just at traveling food dude, and that's traveling with one L. Um, my right. dog has her own. She's kind of morphed into her own little star along the way. She just finished <laughs> uh, great. visiting every NHL arena. The first dog to do that. Wow! Uh, when we were in New York, we got we visited our last two. We were actually on the the radio in New York, and then we got invited to the NHL Network studio when we were out My there. My goodness! Wow! So we got a behind the scenes tour, and then we were on TV on the NHL Network for a little bit. Oh, that's great! Her name is Holland. Um, you can follow her at Holland the Pup, and she's got her own TikTok and Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we both have YouTube channels. Uh, <laughs> getting up and up and running. Got a lot great. of content. We were talking about this earlier. The, the biggest challenge on the road is finding the time to not be distracted by all the cool things around you and actually get some work done. So I got a lot of video <laughs> editing to do in my future this summer um, on my off time while I'm stationary here, but hopefully get our YouTube channels going again. Um, but well, yeah, you are working full time. So, you know, yeah, take it easy. <laughs> and then some, yeah. A little overtime in there too, but it helps pay the bills um, right. until I can get monetized on YouTube. Yeah. Hopefully one day, yeah. but yeah, traveling food dude and hauling the pup. This has been great, Adam. I've had a blast. Uh, I know you've got to go get lunch service ready for uh, staff lunch. <laughs> Eat today. Come on by. Marshall, Colorado, if anybody's around. <laughs> You're living my dream, dude. So. I think we're doing ribs and salmon for dinner tonight. So. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Now I have to think of a reason. I have to convince my wife to go to Partial. Colorado. Uh, It's close. Yeah. uh, It's kind of close, but she doesn't like being out in the middle of nowhere for a week at a time. She likes being like shopping close. So, yeah. but you know, maybe I can sell it on her. You never know. The nearest target's probably a couple hours away. So oh, yeah, that's going to be rough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. This has been a blast. You have a good one. Thanks so much. Yeah, this is awesome. Thanks everybody. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.